0: Hi, my name is Joe Houghton, and this is the Plus One Podcast. Today, I've got Dr. Leo Kilroy with us. So, Leo's CV has got education running right through it from, from start to up to today. He started with a bachelor's in education with music and, and Irish, he picked up a doctorate in education. Uh, he's taught in inner city, city primary schools. You've been a director, uh, program director at Hibernia College. And since 2012, kind of a bit of a a shift, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little while, you've been in increasingly senior roles in the Department of Education and Skills and and now representing Ireland in the EU as, now let me get this right, education and skills attaché to Ireland's permanent representation to the European Union. There's a yeah,
1: mouthful. an awful <laughs> mouthful, Joe, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you're a kind of what? You're, you're an educational policy maker with a with a background at the coalface. Would that be a good description? <laughs>
1: I think that that's probably a good place to start. It, yeah. I now work in educational policy, but I've come through a, a kind of a journey that you've described, starting as a as a primary teacher in North City in Dublin, working for a number of years there. And during that period, I was lucky enough to get a succumbent to work at the ARC, a cultural centre for children in Temple Bar for a period as well, and that, that was quite, quite a formative space. Um, and then some of the other roles, I joined the department in 2012, um, worked initially as a, a, a schools inspector, mainly in the primary sector, as um, was that external evaluation role um, and then worked within the Inspectorate as well in the Evaluation, Support and Research Unit uh, before I moved to my current role in Brussels, which, as you've described, is representing Ireland and really in the European Council negotiations and some of the educational policies, education, training, policy space um, in, in, in the EU. And I also do a, some work with, the, with representing Ireland in the Education uh, Policy Committee at the OECD in Paris. Okay. Um, but that that's 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 kind of an occasional piece of my job. My main role is in the is in the EU space and looking at um, I suppose Ireland's space in e, in the EU with regard to education and training and and the, 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 I suppose the supports that that the EU can provide us as a, as a country to look at our own education. Um, system our own training system our further education system some of that is in a financial way some of it is in a quality questioning way and um, uh, and some of it is is the role that ireland can play um, and that our system can play in encouraging other systems to you know problem solve some of the things that we've already problem solved um but it's it's i suppose it's a, it's an interesting space that i'm in at the moment and it's very much in that kind of um, very much cross-policy space, so I, I, I'm looking at kind of um, lots of things from early childhood education right up to adults uh, continuing and lifelong
0: learning. Wow, so I mean I suppose for, uh, if, if I kind of wear my, my educator hat as, a, as an assistant professor at Smurfit, you know, my, my week kind of looks like kind of, you know, a, f- a few sessions with students Several times a week, I'm I'm doing some grading. I'm setting you know I'm setting up new assignments and and, and stuff like that. W- what does your week look like? Because um, presumably you're not in the classroom anymore. You're actually. No. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: my, well, of course, everybody's week is quite quite con- 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 contained mm-hmm. at the moment. So I'm working from home largely. Uh, I do go into I'm able to go into the office just once you know occasionally to do. Uh, some bits. But my week consists, But one of my main things will be to represent Ireland at any meetings that there are for the Education Committee. So the Education Committee is a, is, is a, is a council uh, committee that looks at education and training. It's chaired by the, whoever's in the European Council Presidency for that particular six months. So at the moment it's Portugal. Um, and through those meetings, I suppose we progress some of the policy that's agreed at a European level. Um, for, uh, for for all member states to sign up to. So I'll typically have at least one of those meetings per week. In advance of that meeting, I have a lot of the kind of I get the papers from it. So I'm I'm tic-tacking with our other policy units in Dublin um, to, to just to check that our line is okay in this regard, or maybe to to talk talk it through with one of the policy experts in a particular field. Um, and, and I suppose preparing to represent Ireland then at those meetings. It's also, my week also kind of revolves around maybe some bilateral meetings with somebody from the European Commission about something that's that's important to Ireland at a particular time. Other education and skills attaches from other countries, you know, I suppose that networking with them and, and I suppose exchanging views with them on either the current policy area or something that's coming down the tracks. So, going back to what that current policy area is in the European union we're looking at the moment at, at uh, well we've concluded one set of council um, recommendations on the establishment of the European education area and the European education area is is i suppose it's it's being developed off the back of European research area and other cooperation uh, initiatives at an EU level but the EEA really is around cooperation for um, you know, amongst member states, amongst systems, amongst universities, schools, um, at, a, at an overall European level, so that every member state retains its national competence in education. It's not about replacing that national competence, but it's about finding ways for synergies to happen and for cooperation to happen. So that was one big piece of work a couple of months ago. And currently then we're working on two sets of council two sets of conclusions. One is about equity of access and inclusion for all. So it's really about learning from each other. So we set a, a common policy frame for equity and access and inclusion. Um, and, and I suppose that so that equity and access lead to success for all learners at every level. And so that, that learners can be as successful as, you know, uh, as possible with the right policy uh, background in place. Um, And then the other piece of work that's ongoing at the moment is work around the European Universities Initiative, which is very much linked to the European education area work. Um, And it's it's really about providing opportunities through Erasmus funding for universities to work together in partnership in an innovative way. So not just in the sending uh, students a visit to Germany, to a, mm. to or to another member state, but for 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 universities and departments to really work together on co co-created programs on different forms of learning that that, that really are, are are I suppose that, that students can benefit from. The expertise and the strengths of both or several institutions, rather than just one, and maybe dip into the other. So we're going to see an exciting time, I think, in higher ed, you know, with the European Universities Education Initiative over the next decade or so, because there's an increased amount of funding going to come from the Commission over that time, and I think national governments as well are going to look at how can we make this, because we're in a we're in a space where knowledge is is so much easier for all of us to mm. engage with. Knowledge is no longer cachet um, you, you, because it, it, lots of it is readily available there. But we're in a space where co-construction of knowledge um, is is more important than knowing about things that, that, that already exist. So my my role in that really is going to those negotiations with Ireland's perspective, sometimes pushing for things a little bit more so that it will favour our um, own domestic space, but also with with the the hat on that you know we are all in this together as a European Union, mm. and some of it is to reflect some of the things that we know have really worked well in Ireland in terms of our education policy, and ensure that those things are layered into uh, to any council conclusions or, or council recommendations that that that, uh, that 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 emerge from these discussions or from this from this process, so that um, What's working well in Ireland, it starts to work well in, in other European countries. Yeah. And similarly, so we all we all co-create that this process. So we are kind of learning from each other. And and you know, while we come from very different countries and you know, there's the stereotypes of that we all place on other European countries, we have an awful lot of commonality, particularly in educational policy and, and in what what countries want for their education systems, what they want for their learners, the types of learners they want, the types of skills they want learners to have, the types of experiences that we want our learners to have. So there's kind of a, there's a two-way process, if you like, that's happening there all of the time.
0: Wow. Well, that from that, two, two questions kind of jumped out at me. One would be, well, so what does Ireland do well? You know, what do we bring to the table, um, if you like, in in those discussions? And I suppose the second one would be, you know, because you've probably got a much better insight into this than, than people, you know, like myself who kind of are working in one country if you like is is kind of what are we going to see over the next 10 years or so i mean has that been informed by covid and you know the fact that we're all doing zoom calls now um so is is the partnership all going to be remote or are we still going to be traveling to institutions and experiencing stuff for real but but start with ireland so what what do we bring to the table what 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 do we do yeah i think
1: we we bring lots to the table you know Hmm. i think first of all we have you know we've worked Worked hard as a system to ensure that we have learners with, with, with good basic skills. Or lots of our learners have good basic skills. Now that doesn't mean that all of our learners do. We still have some some improvement to 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 go there, but, but that kind of basic literacy numeracy, we're doing quite well. And we've worked hard. I think we we've shown, I suppose, and one of the things that we sometimes show other member states is the journey we've come on. Mm. you know to to actually get there. So I think that's that's one of the things that that we bring. We've a good we've a good sense of equity and inclusion in our system. We still have more to do, but we have had a lot of initiatives. We have, you know, we have a longstanding social um initiative in, in schools, the Desh initiative which is a really mm-hmm. strong initiative. Um, that, that other member states are always really anxious to hear about, you know, uh, uh, and they, they're interested to see how we've made the interventions we've had. Now, we recognise we still have work to do, but it, it, again, it's something to, to, to celebrate uh, and that, that we do celebrate. I think we have, other, we have, we have lots of other, you know, you, you know at, at, at a further and higher education level, we have a very, we have a very flexible qualification system. Hmm. Um, that other member states really are, I won't say envious of, yes, they are envious of, but they always want to hear about it. And I think we're really well prepared in terms of our qualifications framework for the type of of learning that I think that learners are going to need from now on, which is nuggets of lifelong learning regularly at our level level our our framework is really malleable in that regard so that we can do a micro-credential at level seven. Um, really just helpful, you know, from a, from our own learning perspective, um, uh, you know, and, and so that's something that, that, that's a real strength in, a, in our, our system. I think we're, we also have good autonomy in terms of our institutions that you know our, our legislative framework for higher education allows for a lot of of, of autonomy uh, for for institutions certainly in, in the academic freedom space and that's something that's really well enshrined in lots of European countries but particularly in Ireland um and, and you know that that's and it's legislatively uh, enshrined in Ireland, which is which is a, a good, good thing and something that lots of universities are interested in and higher ed systems are interested to hear about. And I think we've we've a lot of, in the, staying in the higher ed space, we've a lot of, um, I suppose we've progressed our diversity of offering quite a lot over the last decade or more. And again, that's something that, that lots of, uh, of, of of member states are interested to hear about i think we we've we much to learn as well from other member states i think our further and, and vocational education system we've neglected it for a long time in ireland you know we have put all of our eggs all of our eggs into the higher education basket um and so you know and that's something that that our department is is addressing from a policy perspective um you know at, at the moment and and we've learned from other member states as well in that regard um your second question then, Joe, was about what's the future going to look like, that, that that future collaboration um and that and future engagement.
0: Yeah, and particularly in terms of I, I think probably a lot of people listening to the podcast and kind of reading the book that hopefully follows, will be kind of like, you know, coalface educators. They'll be teachers, they'll be mm. you know, college college teachers, professors, whatever. So can you connect, if you like, their experience with what's coming down the line? from a policy perspective if you like because you've been in both places so mm-hmm. you know what are the what are we going to see different as, as educators over the next 10 years say in terms of opportunity in terms of the way we deliver stuff in terms of what we can offer our students with the programs that we're delivering and developing
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i COVID has, COVID has changed everything yeah it has you know like we know we've you know it's cliche at this stage there is no going back from it uh, and I think our, you know, we, we're go, we're going to enter into a space, I'd say, where our further and higher education offering is delivered in, in a very different way. We're going to learn. Now, I don't think it's going to, you know, for, for some learners, it won't fully replace the on-campus experience, no. but it will give them choices about it. Mm. Uh, and I think what we're all starting to, re- I think what we're all starting to realise, even though we're doing well with technology at the moment and everything is going Okay, from a technological perspective, the human connection space is now missing. Yeah. and I think I'm sure you're finding that with your students. You know, I'm I'm finding that from a, from my workspace. I know from talking to students, talking to learners, talking to kids who are in school. That is, they're the kinds of things that they missed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, some of the, some of the offerings still stayed there, and some of the some of the you know, you know, some of the quality of the teaching maybe they received. Might even have been improved um, in in the in the online space, but it didn't. It couldn't replace the no. interactive, the learning together, the learning from each other, the co-construction, the deconstructing. Um, so I think we'll probably move to a more blended space in 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 the world. Um, and, and I think because of COVID, cooperation with other parts of the world, with other universities, are going to be so much easier to facilitate. Yes. Now, again, that the cooperation, and I think you know we've debated it at this at an EU level. Yes, lots of the mobility can happen, and the cooperation can happen in the online space. We still need to retain the opportunities for the physical mobility mm. um, uh, and for the, the physical cooperation. But we need, to, I suppose, we we'll start to think about our universities as we as you know you know if we take it to that overall partnership idea there might be five universities delivering a singular bachelor's program but it's how it's yes it's how it's how we use the expertise from all five or six institutions to really shape a world-class program because with the best will in the world you know uh, at one single university is not going to be able to attract all of the you know all of the the high class thinkers that it needs to deliver a full world-class program but wh- if we stand back and think about five universities who are working together who have all done their best to attract and have all their own particular niche cultural um pieces mm. and then we put all of that into the same pot and deliver and design and deliver and evaluate programs you know, I suppose from 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 a learner's point of view, from a student's point of view, that that's that's change, that's mind changing, that's that's a life changing. You know, so we're no longer going to be limited by the capacity of the individual institution yes. to design, deliver, and facilitate learning.
0: That's, I mean, so this, I, I, I have I have some students in most of my classes from the Sems program. Okay. Um, at, at Smurfit, which is, is kind of, yeah. I, I think it's part of Erasmus, isn't it? Where, okay. And these yeah. are drawn from all different universities all around Europe and they come and do a semester and you know one or two modules at smurfit um and then they move on to other places yeah. and they, and they normally i think get a dual degree out of that yeah um, okay yeah it, it's kind of like an expansion of that that you're talking is
1: it? It, it it's kind of t- yes but, but your students that come to to smurfit for a semester now so they get that a kind of a rich diverse experience for 3 months or for 4 months or whatever mm-hmm. period it is well can you imagine if that is if you enter into a four year bachelor program and That's the constant nature of the delivery of the programme. So you might decide actually, you know, conceivably, you could enrol in a programme that's delivered across six universities. You do a semester in each of those six universities, Mm. while at the same time engaging with the other five universities for some of the teaching, um, because some of it will be delivered in an online way. What kind of a learner are you going to be at the end of that, you know, that six semester process? Mm. Why you know if you think so if 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 you're doing a business degree but you're you're hearing in three different modules that you're studying in the same semester about practices in three or four countries um, and from academics that have been influenced by the systems that they lived in
0: yeah
1: what kind of you know the, the kinds of thinkers we conceivably can develop in that kind of an environment is transformational in my opinion
0: it would be. How, how, do, how do we get from, if you like, the institutional silos that we're in primarily today? I know a lot of universities, and I mean, you know, UCD as well, so, you know, we're a global university and we, we're, we are making links with, with other places around the world and, you know, doing a lot of that. But how do we, how do we break the institutional silos down then and make that vision a reality? Because that, yeah. I mean, from a student perspective, that would be nirvana wouldn't it <laughs> i mean yeah. build, build your degree from the best of you know the, yeah. the modules from everywhere wow yeah i i look at i
1: suppose i see the initiative that's in the european universities in you know in the in, in 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 this program or this this proposal from the european which is underway already in a pilot basis okay I, like, this, like, the, there are, so there are some Irish universities already participating in, in the pilot phases of this that started in, 19, in 2019 and 2020. Right. But, and and the, the European Commission is very open. It wants this to be a ground-led way to facilitate these partnerships. So I think, I think the first thing about silos is we stay in our silos if we keep looking down into our silo. Yes. So whether that whether that silo is five academics that work in the same department or the silo is five departments in the same university or whether the silos are five different universities in different countries. Hmm. But as soon as we take our heads up from the silos and think and look and I suppose don't let ourselves be constrained by the doors that are between our silos. Yes, that's and I think it, it's all about conditioning. and It's all about our, uh, the way we think about how we currently operate um and i think that's that's when we when we can start and like we all we're, we're all guilty of it we all end up putting our heads down in our own silo um, and that's that's just i think human nature but i think if we can if we can keep getting our heads up from our silos we'll end we, we will we could reach that kind of hmm. uh, transformation transformative uh experiences for for our, our for our, you know as well we're talking about in, in the higher ed space here at the moment but you know, conceivably these kinds of partnerships could and should be influencing all you know our our systems at other level at lifelong level yeah. at, at post primary level and at, at our further vocational education systems um you know so I, I think you know how do we get beyond our silos I, I think we have to first of all have to have a willingness and then we have to look up
0: right and I mean that's that's the, that's my next question I suppose isn't it how do we get beyond the silos how do how do we how do we facilitate a secondary school teacher or an assistant professor to look outside their department to look outside their their university I mean one 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 thing that I became aware of about a year ago uh, and I've become quite involved with now even as an ambassador is EPALE, um, which is the European Adult Learning Network um, and I've run a few seminars for them and contributed some stuff and, and whatever and i mean that's eighty thousand uh, mm. educators across europe just collaborating in, in in all kinds of spaces are there any other fora like that, that that you know of if you like that you could tell listeners about if you like help mm. them if you like get their head above the parapet and you know connect into that wider yeah. world
1: well, the, the Erasmus programme is a great umbrella for all of this. Right. Um, and, you know, there are some existing um, exchange programmes for secondary teachers and for, for third-level staff. But mm-hmm. one of the things that's agreed in the next phase of, of Erasmus, which I suppose the European universities is one pillar of that, but there are also uh, what, what, what the Commission are, are calling teacher academies, and they're going to be launched in 2022 okay and their academies not in the physical academic sense yes they'll have a physical presence but they are going to be the types they're going to be teacher academies at post primary level at primary level at higher education level Mm. to facilitate that networking and that looking across 27 member states wow! Um, uh, and so they, they and there's, there's a significant amount of commission funding coming for that and they are going to facilitate learning together they're going to facilitate exchanges they're going to facilitate you know staff coming together for summer programs and and with the hefty budget behind it so i think that's uh, something that that's really on its way that that'll build on the current exchanges that that lots of people have already engaged in, in through Comenius at post-primary level and through other Erasmus programmes uh, at uh, at university level. But the, 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 it, there is space to watch, and I think there's going to be a lot of, first of all, I suppose there'll be a lot of uh, discussion about them late this year and early next year. But there's going to be a lot of um, communication around them as well from the Commission over the next two years i think they're going to be a very exciting space um and i think the commission's idea is that there there, you know there are lots of programs lots of bonfires if you like that are going to come together to help transform on the 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 things that need to transform
0: and if somebody was kind of you know if somebody heard that and said wow yeah that sounds amazing how do i get involved how do i become part of that conversation how do i contribute to to that rather than just being a recipient of it is Because yeah. i mean you made a jump didn't you you went from yeah. teaching into this space if you like and it's a rarefied space that i think most educators think kind of like that's so far a- away from my daily teaching experience it it you know it might as well not exist if you like but it will exist with that coming coming through so how how, how do we make the jump and how do we connect
1: I, I, look, I think some of it is is, is seizing opportunities when they come along. Uh, I think when I look back at my career, I kind of, you know, I, I didn't start with the vision of of yeah, uh, you know, of jumping around the place like I've done in my career. But that's but <laughs> they
0: that, that do, kind do of it? Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> No, that that just kind of happened. And I think it's about it's about seizing opportunities. There will be open calls for any teacher at any level to engage in shaping these teacher academies because right. that is. That's, that's one of the things that, that, that um, when the teacher academies do come on stream, that's one of the things that the commission will be committed to is making sure that they're ground-up yeah. organisations, not an imposed structure. And that is, right. that, that, that's something that's very clear from the, 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 the new regulation for Erasmus is that there will be lots of opportunities for teachers to shape these, right. uh, these academies.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so that was I, one of my key questions. Is yeah. it ground up or is it just going to be, you know, the, the people yeah. at the top saying this is what should happen kind of thing? Yeah,
1: and, and like, I think th- certainly that's the intention, like, mm. you know, and I think sometimes when we're not part of policy formation, if we don't get involved in the ground up, yes. you know, consultation and in the discussions or when we see something and seize the opportunity to be part of it at that that earlier phase, it can appear then that it's top down. mm now, I'm not. I'm not trying to deny at all that top-down policy making happens because, of course, it does. Okay. I'm, I've been part. I've been party to it. I'm sure uh, on occasion, but there are often opportunities to engage in the in the groundswell that yes. we 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 sometimes maybe don't have time for. Or, you know, because of the pressures, and it's very natural, and very normal. But I think. You know, there are, uh, there are often opportunities that, 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 that we can get involved in. And with these, the, 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 what I've mentioned about the, both the European Universities Initiative and the teacher academies, they have both been statutorily created saying that, you know, ground up policy formation needs to be a core principle in how these uh, initiatives proceed.
0: Wow, that sounds really exciting that's that's kind of yeah. something for us to look forward to isn't it over the next yes, year yeah or two yeah
1: then. absolutely I, I think it has the potential to to be really exciting yeah? Yeah. and in a post covid world i think we're probably readier for that now yes. than we we might might have been even 2 years ago you know
0: <laughs> yeah wow absolutely that's that's phenomenal okay let me let me pull out a couple of different questions then let's just just take a different tack so what educational experiences have made the biggest impression on you and why so you've been through a number of different yeah. areas of education haven't you and i noticed you, you you also you were involved in it was in music i think was was one of your things early on as well wasn't it you're not it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, i mean yeah um yeah i so educational
1: experience yes well, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, I'm instinctively, I suppose, drawn to my formative education. So I think my post-primary education, um, I had quite a good experience in a small rural vocational school in the west of Ireland. Right. Um, uh, it, it, you know, and it, it was very much kind of, uh, yeah. you know, there were 25 kids in my class at post-primary level, so it was a very small school. So I think that was a, a kind of a formative kind of, and I think because it was small, you know, everybody had yeah, everybody. I suppose found their own channels through it. So I mm. think that was formative. You know, that I found a channel through it that was different. to, you know, because there were so few people to compare yourself to in many ways, mm. you had to create your own channel. So I think that 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 in, in one way was formative. Um, the, the, I, you, I mentioned music. If music, I suppose, was kind of yes, was an was an important aspect of my own kind of learning and my own kind of my own opportunities to. to to try different things and to be yeah. creative and to be, to move outside of that box. Um, if I was to say, kind of from a work perspective, uh, the learning that I, the year, the year more that I spent in the arc and some of the other work that I did at that period of my mm. life, kind of were, kind of, they were parallel to the teaching world, but they really influenced. How I thought about teaching, how I brought creativity into my own classroom, how I brought arts based learning as, as it was really very much into what I did on a day by day to day basis, and then I think the other big learning journey for me was the uh, when I did the doctorate in education that was kind of that was transformational again in terms of my thinking uh, and I decided I was accepted to a doctorate program in Ireland. And I decided to go to the University of Nottingham, actually, and and that in itself was great because I was meeting so many people from other systems who thought about, you know, it was quite an international, it wasn't designed to be an international programme, but it drew students from from lots of different countries. There were students from Asia on the programme, the students from the Middle East, lots of students from England, some from Ireland. uh, and and, if, and several other countries, and that in itself has was just helped me to kind of stand back from my understanding of education and really deconstruct and reconstruct it again because there were people studying all sorts of topics and all sorts of things, and it was it was just useful and I think it wasn't so much that the stuff that I learned, the thesis I got it completed and got yes, got that done, but it was the learning process hmm. in the you know in the in the in the sharing weeks and weekends and and things that were facilitated in the university that that, that were, were kind of were the formative pieces and the formative parts of that, that program.
0: That's interesting because yeah, I suppose <laughs> two or three years ago, kind of i I'd, I'd done ten years of university teaching following an MBA where I yeah. got gone in to start being a lecturer and um and I thought I've never actually been taught how to teach. I've never I've yeah. never actually studied right. education. Yeah. So I went and did the postgrad diploma in university teaching and learning and mm. and then I did the, <laughs> the, the innovation academy thing. And and like you said both of those programs were, for me were transformational because suddenly I was became aware that there were so many other ways to do things. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff I was doing was fine, and some of the some of it yeah. was you know okay, but there were other things to know, and, I, and it, it's, maybe it's
1: it's some of the, it's the other variables that you haven't considered.
0: Yes, yes,
1: that was I found. That's I think that's how I reflect on the doctoral program: is there are variables in the world that that I had dismissed. Um, or maybe that maybe or, or just wasn't aware of
0: well, you it, just weren't aware of the unknown thing. unknowns. Yeah Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: I, and I didn't even know that I needed to know about them, yeah, you know, which it. was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so it, it it was that that was transformational in that in that Respect,
0: you know fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well for everybody on on the calls. Um, for the podcast I, I always ask for a plus one for one nugget one actionable piece of advice that that listeners who are educators can take into their own practice perhaps and you know something to to improve or try or whatever so you know based on all your experience what would your plus one be for for this
1: yeah it, it's i think it's it's more of a strategy that i've used okay and i suppose at, for the last decade or more i have one or two people that I talk to regularly in a kind of, we have, we have agreed to do these kind of problem solving calls or, you know, they're, you know I've, I've done some of the coaching stuff and I found that very useful, but mm. I think what, I, what I, I typically have is one or two people in my life. And, and they're, they're, they're more or less friends or people that I know well and that, that I have an open, honest relationship with um, and that they don't work in the same sector as me. Right. So they don't work in education. OK. Uh, and I'm I'm lucky I've had at least one of those people kind of as, you know, kind of just consistently. And we don't make it a formal kind of, you know, uh, meeting, but it's just that there is this, we have maybe an engagement once a month or so. And it's a very useful way just to stand back from yourself mm. with somebody else's eyes who's from a different sector, because I think we think like each other when we're from similar sectors. Yes and uh and you know we have similar sets of experiences so uh, and and i I found that a useful tool over over the last 10 years um because i think for us to be the best people that we can be we need to think about ourselves and think about you know what were the things that that made me tick in that situation and what are the things that are driving me mental about this this work situation and how can i get around it yeah um so i think i think at wherever you're at if you're a primary teacher if you're an early years specialist if you're a post-primary uh, or, or a third level educator or you're working in uh, in industry I think it's about having somebody that helps you problem solve the tricky either the tricky situations or helps you it helps you digest for yourself what made a, su- a situation successful.
0: Isn't that interesting because I, the, the, the message I've got from you today is that diversity works I suppose Mm. you've you've talked about you know the European initiatives where you're going to bring institutions together and you're going to bring people together from all these different places I mean you're in a job now where you're representing Ireland out into you know the European Commission the OECD your plus one is you've drawn a group of disparate individuals into a safe space where you can talk and trust each other and, and share and so it it it's a very powerful message isn't it that the yeah. diversity works that 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 listening to other voices and connecting with other is so important and i mean i suppose that's what brought me to doing this this project is is that i connected with the ucd innovation academy and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and i ended up on a diploma with primary school teachers and a dental nurse and jen who was who was the first interviewee for the the podcast mm. um and all kinds of different people yeah. but that was a transformational
1: yeah,
0: yeah. amazing experience i've learned so much from all of them
1: but i think going, but going back to one of your earlier questions about siloing Yeah. Why do we end up in silos? Because we're with people who are very like us and we're really comfortable in silos. Yes. And I think that siloing is really is staying within our comfort zones. So whether they're physical comfort zones or just, you know, they're structured comfort zones. So I think for me, it's always removing myself out of the comfort zone. um, And that helps with siloing.
0: That's fascinating. I, I did a, another um, call with um, Dr. Jacob Eisenberg um, at UCD um, mm. for another episode, and and he and I also talked about siloing, and he said almost exactly the same thing.
1: Right. He, was, okay. he was
0: talking about kind of embracing discomfort, um, okay, yeah, taking yourself out of these silos, and and yeah, so that's obviously a common a common theme. You're you you're kind of uh, both both linked in with yeah if if people wanted to to kind of follow up can they can they connect with you on linkedin or yes i'm on linkedin you'll find me on linkedin
1: yeah that's yeah yeah that's probably the easiest place to contact me on yeah
0: i'll I'll put i'll put your linkedin um um url in in the show notes um so last last question then is there any call to action you'd like to share with the listeners anything that they should do or you know connect with or go and look at um is there a is there a book that you know you would recommend or a podcast to listen to or or is there a, a website you know of, of european learning they should look at what 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 would you what
1: would i i i would well, i would encourage I, i'd encourage anybody to engage with the commission's website um the right, education okay. sections on it take it, it like it's I think one. I think it's a, big organisations have difficulty with communication, mm. and I I'll I, say this to the Commission. But there's lots there. Um, there's lots there, even to think about how politically and policymakers are trying to join the dots in education and training. So I think take a look at the Commission's website and keep an eye out for the calls around the European University Initiative around the 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 teacher academies when they come and engage with them
0: and where do we all right so the commission so so uh, you you must email me which i'll email you you the kind of the dive-in link is there a is there a is there a kind of website where where people can kind of register as an interested party to get these calls because if you're not on the right mailing list you don't even hmm. perhaps find out about Le- goals, do you
1: yeah let me let me check that actually because i i i i need to check that joe but um let me yeah. think about that and, and i'll get something to you on that
0: that'd be fantastic okay well then, thank you thank you very much you. for giving up your time today um not at all uh, yeah, i hope it's <laughs> fascinating yeah yeah Good. okay thanks for great you. to talk thank you thanks joe bye